Now, Mary set out in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a Judean town. There, she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. (gasps) Now, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby inside her belly leapt for joy. And Elizabeth exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. From where does this visit come to me? The mother of my sovereign comes to me. Look, as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting in my ear, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Now, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of those things spoken to her by the Holy One. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Now let's stand, if we're able, and sing hymn number uh, 216, uh, Lo, our rose air blooming.
Let's begin with prayer. Womb of life, pour out your blessings upon us as we imagine your ancient stories. Dwell within them in such a time as this and discern their meaning in our lives today. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Hello. My name is Dustin, and I'm gay. That's not actually something that I say very often. It's not a secret. I've been openly out pretty much everywhere for longer than I ever wasn't. By now, most of you have met my husband. Pastor Megan and Pastor Amy have been aware since our first meeting about my internship. And I have never felt anything but welcomed and loved in this space. And still. When in a private moment, a couple of weeks ago, one of our elementary-aged community members said to me, so, I understand you're gay. My heart began to flutter just a little bit faster. My mouth got a little bit dry. My stomach became just a little uneasy. And my speech began to falter just a little bit. Yeah, yes, that's true, I stammered, while my brain started swirling with thoughts of, oh no, is Anita Bryant hiding around a corner somewhere? <laughs> when I first introduced myself to you way back in September, I mentioned that I am a Mariologist. I stopped short of calling myself a Mary expert because I don't yet feel that I have enough deep knowledge about Mary in her later years. But when it comes to young Mary, Mary before Jesus, Mary as a young mother, well, I could spend much more time than we have this morning talking about her. The Apocrypha gives us a rich history of the early life of Jesus and the Holy Family with books like the Gospel of the Infancy, the Infancy Gospel of Thomas. But in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, the Proto-Evangelium of James, sometimes called the Gospel of James, is considered canon. This second century nine-chapter narrative begins prior to the birth of Mary and ends shortly after the visit from the Magi with the persecution of Zechariah and the Holy Family fleeing to Egypt for safety. It's a story of the good news of the Mother of God. It's a story that might feel strangely familiar to you. The histories of the 12 tribes of Israel record that an extremely wealthy man named Joachim made his offerings to God in two ways. He said to himself, I'll dedicate my great wealth to the benefit of all the people, and I will also give to the Lord, hoping that my sins will be forgiven by his mercy. 
However, at one of the great temple festivals in Jerusalem, where all of the people of Israel brought gifts to the temple, when Joachim prepared to offer his gifts, the high priest Reuben stopped him and told him that it's against God's law for a man without any children to be the first to bring his offerings. Joachim, very worried, went off to research into the archives of Israel's 12 tribes to see if there were any other righteous men who had no children, and indeed, he discovered that every righteous Israelite had begotten children. When Joachim remembered the story of Abraham the patriarch and how at the end of Abraham's life God gave him Isaac, he became even more depressed and he withdrew from human companionship, even from his wife. Meanwhile, Anne, footnote, which would in Hebrew be Hannah, Joachim's wife, was distressed in two ways. She said to herself, I will go into mourning because I don't have any children, and because my husband intends to die. Now Anne was utterly heartbroken. She washed her hair, brought out her wedding gown, put it on, and at three o'clock in the afternoon walked out into her garden, where she sat beneath a laurel tree and prayed. She said, God of my forefathers, give me your blessing and help me as you helped Sarah when in her old age you gave her Isaac to be her son. Suddenly, an angel of God stood next to her and said, Anne, Anne, God has heard your prayer, and I tell you that you will indeed have a baby, and that baby will someday be famous throughout the whole world. Anne replied, as God lives, I declare that whatever child I bear, boy or girl, will be pledged to a life in God's service. Two more angels appeared and told Anne, Joachim is now coming home along with his shepherds because an angel came to him too and said, Joachim, Joachim, God has heard your prayer. You must hurry home to Anne because she is going to have a baby. Nine months later, Anne gave birth to a child and asked the midwife, is the baby a boy or a girl? The midwife replied, a girl. Anne said, God has strengthened my soul. She lay in bed together with her baby. After the ceremonies of purification were passed, Anne nursed the child and named her Mary. Rita, fear not. I am a messenger sent by God who you have taken favor with. And Roach Elohim has come upon you and you have conceived a child. And in the days to come, that child will help to usher in God's kingdom. It's laughable. Absurd, even. As Pastor Amy pointed out last week, we call women as young as 35 
a geriatric pregnancy. And yet, this is a story we read over and over and over again. Sarah, who does laugh at the thought. Rebecca, Rachel, Hannah, Anne, Elizabeth. All women who yearn to be mothers who pray without ceasing that God might bless them with a child, but who have become a bit long in the tooth to hope for that prayer to come true. I can imagine the, the justifiable fear that might come along with learning that you're pregnant at 90. Can my stand it? How could the baby possibly be healthy? And even if all goes well with both pregnancy and birth, isn't my child destined to be an orphan? Still, we have no reason to believe that any of these women conceived outside of you know, the usual manner. <laughs> when we read the story with Mary, though, circumstances have changed, and the fears wholly different. The Proto-Evangelium goes on to tell us that Mary was blessed from infancy, not because of the fruit of her womb, not because she was a vessel, but because of the glory of her very being. Her mother vowed that she would be pledged to God's service. Her feet never touched the ground until the day she climbed the temple stairs at three and walked into the Holy of Holies where she would live out the remainder of her childhood being raised by the temple priests. When she was 12, the priests feared that she would soon begin to, quote, pollute the Lord's sanctuary. Joseph, a widower with adult children older than Mary, who had no desire for a new wife or children, was called upon to take her into his home and keep her safe because she was blessed and beloved by God. It was about four years later, while Joseph was away on business, that the angel came to Mary to tell her the news of her condition. I imagine the fear that she had of that pregnancy being much different than that of the previously mentioned women. I imagine that it was something more akin to that heart-palpitating, sweaty-palmed, dry-mouthed stammer that I felt just before Thanksgiving. Have I somehow failed my expectation? What will people think or say? No one will believe me. 
I have let down Joseph. I'm no longer blessed. In her solitude, she did the only thing she could think of. She went to the hill country to the home of her cousin Elizabeth, knocked on the door, and waited. When Elizabeth heard, she dropped the bright red thread she had been working on, ran to the door, opened it, and blessed Mary, saying, Why is my Lord's mother coming here to me? As soon as I heard you arrive, the baby inside of me leapt up, and then it blessed you. Mary looked to the heavens and asked the Lord, Who am I to be blessed for all time? Who am I to be blessed for all time? October 11th, 1992. The HIV AIDS pandemic had been ravaging the queer community for 12 years. And the policy of the US government seemed to be to pretend that that wasn't happening or at least to blame the sick bodies who yearned to be well again, who prayed without ceasing that God might bless them with life. The swishy fairies and the cross-dressers, the hookers and the IV drug users, not to mention the cisgender women of color who, to this day, continue to die of AIDS-related complications at alarming rates, with little to no acknowledgement. Looked upon as simply diseased vessels who should be happy with the AZT they were given. The AZT that poisoned their bodies and souls, leaving them to feel worse than they did untreated. Out of sight, out of mind. Never mind their lovers their mothers, their sisters and brothers, their friends and families who loved them and missed them, who saw them as more than a vessel carrying a, dizzy, a deadly virus, or remembered them as more than the vessel that carried their remains. It was on that day October 11th, 1992, that hundreds of activists gathered at the steps of the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C., and marched down the Capitol Mall, carrying their loved one's ashes. In boxes, in urns, and in bags. Some ornate works of art, some handmade with love, some simple cardboard. Meanwhile, hundreds more gathered on the mall, unfurling for the very first time the Names Project's AIDS memorial quilt, reading aloud the names of their beloveds. Gary Barnhill, David Calgaro, Abby Campbell, James Martin Case, 
Paul Castro, Bill Cavcart, Bob Greenwood, Douglas Lowry, Felix Velarde Munoz, Mark S. Ball, Billy Allen, Dan Allen. All the while, the marchers made their way to the gates of the White House, broke through the line of mounted police, and began to empty the contents of those urns, boxes, and bags onto the White House lawn. We're bringing our dead to your door. We won't be silent anymore. Blessed are we among the marginalized, and blessed are the fruits of our loom. I am more than a vessel. You are more than a vessel. We are more than a vessel, and we are beloved and blessed. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Blessed are we among women. On the evening of June 5th, 2011, Cece McDonald, transgender woman of color and a group of her friends were attacked outside a Minneapolis bar. While attempting to free herself from her attackers, Cece inadvertently stabbed one of them with a pair of scissors from her purse. After a coercive interrogation, Cece was charged with manslaughter and incarcerated in a men's prison without access to her necessary hormone treatment. That experience turned Cece into a fierce advocate and activist for human rights and the abolition of the prison industrial complex. In a roundtable discussion that, was, that she was in at Barnard Center for Research on Women, Cece said, love is essential. Love is the key to life. It's what keeps us alive and healthy and wanting more from life. That's why the first thing I do when I see a person is hug them. I hug everyone I meet because I use my love to God. I understand you're gay. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Why don't some people like gay people? I don't know. I think that a lot of times people are just afraid of things they don't feel like they understand. But actually, a lot of people, people like you, me, your parents, and all of you, we know different. 
We know that as soon as we heard you arrive, something inside of us leapt up, and it blessed you. Beloved, welcome into your home, the place that has waited to be yours. May it be sanctuary and solace for all who enter. May it be filled with joy and community, in conspiracy, music, dancing, and laughter. May it be filled with love. It and grows. Enter for you, residents. Blessed are you among women. And so as we continue, we would like to give our own blessing to our own quilt that we will present to the House of Constance and Tuxen as they take over their new home. To the House of Constance, blessed are you among women, and blessed are the fruits of your labors. You are not a vessel. Amen. <laughs> 